0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation.
1: Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am Vicky Barcelona, and across from me, which I I said we would do this, I'm surprised we did get away with it, we have BJ Shea!
0: Hey, I told you it would happen. Wait, I didn't tell anybody anything.
1: No, yeah, we dragged him in here with snacks. Right.
0: Vicky's magic worked. <laughs>
1: And as always, running the board, Joey Dees.
0: Hello.
2: Yes, on today's episode we have many great things, including Gareth von Kollenbach from Scootin' Reviewed will join us. We will discuss Wednesday season one as well as andor season one. And of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can the people get a hold of
1: us? They can get a hold of us via our website, BJGeeknation.com. Welcome! It's gonna have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. App. Odyssey. App.
2: <laughs> yes it is the final recordings of the BJC Geek Nation before the holidays because we are very closely approaching Christmas
0: vacation vacation ding 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 ding
2: which means we must get one last time with our favorite interviewee, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed joins us to talk all things nerdy. Von With us today is Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed, that is sknr.net. Gareth, the holidays are right around the corner and as usual you guys do a great holiday gift guide and I hear you have some awesome things to share for us.
3: Yeah, it's just a great uh, time of year to really have options because you have everything from things to the house to entertainment and so on. But obviously, uh, we're going to go right into our sweet spot and look at some of the gaming hardware options that are out there. And what's nice is that you have the flexibility that you can go all the way up to nearly $300 or you can keep it as simple as $50 to $60. But uh, first thing off is I have the Roccat Vulcan 2 Max keyboard. So this is a really nice option it's not ridiculously expensive and you have a good solid keyboard that'll handle your gaming as well as your desktop needs but of course you also get the customization for the keys the colors it's uh mechanical very reliable very solid so that's definitely one and uh, a good thing to pair it with is rocat has the brand new uh wireless headphone series and these are the sinmax wireless air now these are about two forty nine ninety nine out there, but it is a fantastic audio quality, uh, really good long battery life, got a good range on it, and the beautiful thing is, like anything, if you don't want to do wireless, you could just plug them in and treat them like a wired, but it's multi-platform, so you can use them on, other than your PC, you can use them on other devices. So truly, you can kind of look at it as, instead of getting a set of headphones for the PS4 or 5, Instead of getting the headphones for this, this one, this one, it's one-shot fits all. So those are really good options from uh, ROCAT.
2: I got a question for you on that, Gareth, because I've been a PC gamer for a long time, and they used to be wireless had a bit of a delay. Is that uh, no longer uh, exist in that world? Are they pretty much just as good as being plugged in?
3: It is getting very close. I mean, you know, naturally, it can depend on your hardware, but for the most part, if you are plugged in and sitting at the desk, you're not going to see any problem at all. I mean, if you're across the room projecting it on a giant screen, some people might, depending on their setup, but I have not seen an issue for it. I mean, now, to be honest, I tr- still traditionally prefer a plugged in uh, connection on some things, but not always. Like if I'm at my desk, uh, I, I've used wireless plenty of times. I've used these, and I like that. It is nice for flexibility and movement it's just sometimes you uh for me it gets a little weird like if you're in the middle of a game and it starts beeping letting you know that it's time to charge up and you have to stop and put the cord in and it took me a little bit to get used to if it's plugged in i don't have to worry about that but that's just one of those things you sit there and now with the battery life being so long unless you're playing all day and all night if you keep it charged you
1: should be fine
2: that's awesome, man. And I mean, that technology's come a long way because I remember there used to be a huge delay on that stuff. And now with that whole, uh, like you said, the beeping thing, at least it'll let you know because you don't want to be replacing your headphones in the middle of a Call of Duty battle.
3: Exactly. And then, of course, you know, the, the switching gears for it is there are other companies or other options. Like, for example, I mentioned a very high-end keyboard. SteelSeries has uh, the Apex Pro TKL Wireless. And this is like, you know, this is a $275 keyboard. It's wireless. Obviously, you can plug it in. It's wired. You've got all the profiles, but it's like, I mean, durable beyond belief. And then you've got all the lighting. It's really fast response times. I mean, they always say you can do millions of uh, key presses on a single key before you'll even close to come to wearing it down. I mean, truthfully, I've never worn out a keyboard in the modern era to the point where oh, this key is no longer working. And so, you know, it, it's nice to have that uh, comfort if you're paying $275 that you've got a very strong, sturdy thing that's going to last and it's going to be versatile. But what's great about it is they have a Nova 7 headset, and it also has, you know, wired and wireless lines. And these are about $100 less than the other one, about 140 $150. That's a very nice, comfortable thing. Or... And I think, I was thinking about you with this one going, I could see this being your angle. Okay. If you want to just say, forget the headset and go old school with the new twist, one of the things that's coming back, you remember the good old days when you had to put the two speakers on the side of your computer and plug them into your sound card? Oh, yeah. And then that kind of has gone by the wayside now because everyone's got the headset with stereo quality sound. Well... Uh, we're seeing more and more uh, speakers and sound system subwoofers coming back. And Series has the Arena 7, and it is a big box. And you've got uh, speakers, you've got Bluetooth technology, you've got the subwoofer, and it's very customizable. You could hook that sucker up. And you talked about Call of Duty. You can definitely make the wall shake with this thing.
2: Oh, man, this is perfect timing, because my speakers actually that I originally had for my PC just died, so this might be a purchase I have to
3: make. Absolutely, and it's not too unreasonable. I mean, you can see it depending on, uh, you know, it's about $200 is the price point, but, you know, if you shop around and find sales, you can trim that down a bit, and especially if you get someone that can handle the shipping, because it is a solid, sizable unit, um, You know, to give you an idea, the one that I evaluated was shipped to me in the box. They didn't even have a box to put it in. It had to be shipped in the box to give you an idea of the size of it. Wow. But that's a solid, durable piece of uh, hardware. So those are definitely the higher-end items. And, of course, we have some of the uh, more affordable things coming up.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I know. We've, we've talked a lot of games. and uh, I mean, uh, gosh, I know Pl- Callisto Protocol just got released, and it is getting, unfortunately, just review bombed. I hear. I mean, here it looks great, but the gameplay is not really there. But uh, in honor of the uh, holiday season, Gareth, how about some of uh, my games that people might be able to purchase?
3: Well, one that uh, just came out is Midnight Suns, and it's a new Marvel game from 2K. And uh, I tell people you got to temper your expectations with this. Not that it's a bad game, but you know, you look at the cover and there's Ghost Rider and there's all these people and people have this vision of uh, Ultimate Alliance, some of those things where it's going to be, you know, teams of four heroes duking it out and smashing through waves of uh, bad guys. And that's not the case. It is a card-based game uh, just done in a digital form. So if you play, I know your dad is big on playing the card games and that sort of thing. So to give you an idea, uh, you got a scenario, here's Johnny Blaze at the grave, he heads off, you're Doctor Strange and Iron Man, a bunch of bad guys come out, you have a couple of cards, so you essentially click, you know, like, blast, Iron Man, click on the target you want it to go, animated scene comes off, he does his bit, then you go to the other guy, you know, Doctor Strange, you do this, you throw a whirlwind here, done, and turn. The bad guys do their attack, you look up, see what new cards you get, Counterattack—they, you know, back and forth until only one team is left standing.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I love everything Marvel, and my I, I, card games are right down my alley. I grew up with Magic the Gathering, as my dad did as well.
3: Absolutely. And so, you know, a, as they have told me, there are more and more heroes. Like, I just got to a second uh, a newer mission where Scarlet Witch comes into the picture. So we have Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man battling it out and then they tell me you know there's a whole arsenal of characters each with their own moves each with their own abilities there is a story that's so sort of like as you complete each area you get cut scenes and animation and uh, the rep had told me he said he wasn't as big on the card games at first but there is a very engaging story that will emerge as you get into it i'm just trying to get to the point of is there a strategy or is it truly just the luck of the draw as to which cards are in front of me but I'm kind of realizing that as you go along it's learning this would be the time to let Iron Man just carpet bomb everything. This would be the time <laughs> to let Doctor Strange knock things over. So we'll see.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a great game to get into at this time, you know, because if you got a lot of uh, extra time on your hands at the holidays, I mean guy you're gonna be able to figure out and watch more Marvel stuff. I did see something interesting on your holiday gift guide, Gareth. It looked like a Thundercat sword.
3: It is. Yeah, this this was rather funny. We have uh you know, a few things that we talked about that were kind of more novelty items. And there's this company called Factory Entertainment, and you see them at San Diego Comic-Con, places like this. You can go to their website. And they have all kinds of licensed collectibles. And one of the things they have is sometimes you'll see things from Jaws and He-Man and Masters Universe, all that. They have these swords, and they're about, and I'm, I'm approximating, let's say roughly about a foot long. And it comes with a nice little display uh, case. Uh, stand, actually, and what you do is if they, like you said, it is a Thundercat sword, so you can take it out of the box, unless you're one of those collectors where everything stays in a box no matter what, and you display it on your desk, and you basically have Lionel's uh, sword.
2: That's awesome. you got to display that. There's no way that's staying in the box.
3: No, absolutely. That that was my thing. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, nope, that stays on the desk.
2: Yeah, I mean, as, I mean, as a collectible goes, that would be a pretty awesome one to have. I mean, I like Funko Pops and everything, but the uh, an actual sword, I mean, that how can you beat that?
3: No, and, then, and that's the thing, because swords are becoming very popular again at some of these things, because they have like, you know, He-Man sword. Uh, they had uh, this one that you saw, and of course, they come in various sizes, and that's, that's always the scary thing, like when you go to a show like Comic-Con and you see these just, you know, prop after prop, replica after replica, booth after booth. And it's like, yeah, it, it's overwhelming how many wonderful options there are out there to buy things. But this is actually pretty affordable. You can pick them up, I think it's like 30 to $40. So it, it's a much more reasonable thing than some of these other collectibles are.
2: Oh, that's way better. I mean, the last time I was going to pick up a sword, it was going to be like 500 bucks, and luckily I talked myself out of it by not having the money.
3: Yeah, that, that's a good way to convince yourself, isn't it? Yes.
2: Uh, another thing that might take my money uh, is this cookbook that I saw. I'm, uh, I love cooking myself personally, but I never thought of cooking in the Jurassic Park world. Uh, I see a theme book for that uh, movie series, it seems?
3: Absolutely. So y- you may be aware that they have various like Star Wars cookbooks uh, from the Galaxy's Edge, things like that. You can get things from uh, Disney where they have various recipes. And there's even a Ghostbusters cookbook out there, so that's kind of the thing now. We've seen the Harry Potter ones, where you try to have a list of recipes that are either from uh, the movies or inspired by the movies. So of course, uh, the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World cookbook has all kinds of recipes that are inspired by the movie series. So you know, obviously everyone's like "Uh, Chilean sea bass, ha 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 ha. It's like (laughs) all right, sure, you you have that, but you'll have things like you know. shaped like a dinosaur, shaped like a dinosaur's paw, you have pastry, you have all kinds of dishes, you have drinks, you have things like that. And whether you're, you're not a Jurassic Park fan or not, I mean, who isn't? I think on some level, just about everybody is. It's just a very colorful and creative list of recipes, and most of them are fairly easy to make. So, you know, even if you're one of those people, and I know some, who get these love cookbooks, they get them, they have a little shelf for them, and nothing ever gets made from them. But They're there. (laughs) uh, This is definitely a great collection piece to add to it.
2: That's awesome. Plus probably great for parties. I mean, making some sort of egg dinosaur deviled something, who knows. I'm sure that would be a hit.
3: Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's just being able to say this is something that is unique and different. Why not have some fun with it and give it a try?
2: That's great. Lastly, on this gift list that I saw Gareth is uh something I remember from way back in the day, and that is the banana phone. What is this doing back in 2022?
3: Okay, so this is rather funny, the banana phone is also a reasonable device uh, cost It's about 20, 25 bucks on this thing. Uh, what you have is back in the day when we had the cordless phones, you probably remember those at this point. Oh, yeah. you have this banana that you pair with your smartphone. And, you know, at first people go, well, why would I need to do that when I could just take the call over my smartphone? And my response is you're missing the point. You're having a banana phone. And so <laughs> essentially, uh, here's one scary thing. Put your phone on a charger, pair it with this banana phone, and you essentially have this banana that you can take around the house or your office. And if you get a call, you can just answer it right there, Bluetooth enabled on the banana. So I think that's kind of thing. I mean, I can imagine some lawyer's office or big investors meeting, and you get an urgent call, oh, I got to take this, excuse me, and you pull a banana out of your pocket and take the call. That's I mean, awesome. that's a conversation starter.
2: Oh, most definitely, and I can imagine some great TikToks going viral with something like that.
3: Oh, absolutely! I mean, imagine you guys doing that.
2: Oh God, yeah, people would love it. I'm sure we might have to do that ourselves. Who knows?
3: Absolutely, and that's the thing. Now, I haven't, I have not used it in a public setting yet, but there, there is a part of me simply because I'm like, where do you hide it? That's the trick. I don't, you know, I don't have a bag or anything to uh, hold that thing in, and I'm not going to stick it in my pocket or anything like that Uh, You know, while I'm holding the phone, so you do have to be a bit careful, I think.
2: We'll have to tuck it up a sleeve or something like that. I'm sure we'll find a use for it, though.
3: (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Uh, You know, Gareth, before we uh, get out of here, I know we wrapped up the holiday guide, but uh, we have a big movie release coming out next week, and that is the new Avatar Way of Water movie, uh, and I hear we have some news about it.
3: Absolutely. So they had a uh, screening overseas uh, London, I believe, and we have our screening in just a couple of days. So I'm very, very excited about that. And of course, obviously, there is an embargo on the reviews. But as I understand it, they were allowed to do social media commentary or it was a simple thing like we do. Where after our screenings here, we have to go up to the studio rep and tell them our thoughts. And they write them down, record them, pass them on to the studio. So this could be just stuff that was recorded. And let out. And one of the interesting things that I heard about it is right off the bat, you can uh, pretty much guarantee that this was a given. Everybody said visually it was spectacular. Um, The 3D was said to be on par or even better than the original film. I expected, my personal take is I expected to be better, uh, but I know a big focus was on developing how to film 3D underwater uh, with this. Um, The only negative I heard is somebody said it was thin on plot. And my thought is, well, when we know for sure there's at least one more movie and plans for as many as five, possibly eight films. Uh, You know, look at the first film. Would you say it was an epically complex plot? No, (laughs) probably not. It it, It was a rousing action film with some interesting themes. But. The selling point was the visuals and the action, and apparently that's what's carrying over. The, the one thing that I found really interesting, other than everybody saying the visuals were amazing, uh, was they said the three-hour and change runtime did not even notice it. They said it just clicked right by, so uh, encouraging signs for sure.
2: That's incredible. I had not heard that it was over three hours long.
3: Yeah, we're hearing. I believe they told us three hours, fourteen minutes, three hours, eighteen minutes. Right in that, uh, right in that uh, range.
2: That's incredible. I mean, I I'm was a lover of the first Avatar for that exact reason you mentioned. It was really just about the visuals. Obviously, the story wasn't bad, but it was nothing spectacular. But it blew by, and I mean, it was kind of mind blowing for the way they did 3D the first time. This time around, again, I haven't seen a whole movie done with the intention of it being three D, like to the extent that Avatar takes it. You know, big budget and eight movies, like you said, potentially. I am very excited for this movie.
3: Absolutely, and it's funny because James Cameron, who uh, never the uh, never to be short of understatement, uh, was apparently asked. They said, "Well, what do you do about the runtime with people that uh, you know have to go to the restroom?" If you remember, this was a similar argument that was brought up with the first, uh, with Endgame, Oh yeah, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, because everyone said, oh, you know, geez, is three hours plus trailers a bit much to expect people to sit through, and the films in the old days used to have the intermission and all that stuff, and, you know, people sat right through Endgame, no problem, and Cameron just came out and said, well, you know, anything they miss when they go to the bathroom, they'll see when they watch the film a second time.
2: Yeah, that's very true that's very true
3: <laughs> like now that's confidence in your product right there
2: oh yeah oh man well i'm excited to hear your review off we'll the catch up next week gareth and ha see what you th- see if you can say stuff hopefully by then but and, uh, until then uh thank you again so much for joining us gareth always great to talk to you and hear about all this upcoming stuff and please check out sknr.net that's skewed and reviewed to get the uh 2022 holiday gift guide gareth thank you for joining us
3: Anytime. Take care
2: now. Thank you again so much, Gareth. As always, it is amazing talking to you. He always has such a good behind-the-scenes scope on things, including drama and DLC.
1: He always always knows what's up.
2: He's got the scoop. And if he doesn't, he's got rumors that got the scoop.
1: (laughs) He knows people who knows people who have the scoop.
2: Yes. (laughs) That's all you need, man. Well, we did mention it is our holiday recording, one of two. And we have been watching many a holiday drops because we have all those streaming services. Yeah. One of those shows, of course, being a show I know nothing about, Wednesday. Oh yeah.
1: I was chatting with I think it was I don't remember who it was. I think it was either the best friend or the dad. They're like, I don't know if I really want to watch it. It just seems a little silly. I'm like, no. Like it is a good whodunit. There is a mystery. She's in charge of the mystery. It is silly where it needs to be silly, but it all works. What it is works this so show? Well. What
2: is it about? Where is it streaming? I know nothing.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Oh,
0: oh, I see what you did there. Yep.
2: Of course, it's like all those memes I see on the internet. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Wednesday focuses uh, Wednesday Adams. if you guys remember the Addams family, whether you watch the old school uh, TV show, the movies that had uh, Raul, Raul Julia. Yes, Julia, that's it. I always get the names confused. Julia Raul. No, 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 that's not it. in uh, Angelica Houston, this is... Is it you do get the family in this bits and pieces played by Luis Guzman is uh, Gomez. Gomez. And then we have Catherine Zeta-Jones as the very lovely Mm. Morticia Adams. Mm. She kills it.
0: Yeah, she does a good job.
1: I was a little worried. I mean, a lot of people, by the way, if you're one of those that freak out like, oh, Gomez isn't as attractive as he was, you know, in the movies. It's like that is not what he originally looked like in the cartoons and in the anime, like when they would draw the little comic strips, he was not supposed to be a good looking guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that is true. the old The old the old comic strips back mm-hmm. in the day, and yeah. I think
1: Luis Guzmán really captured it. Like he did a really good job. I have seen all of it. Of I have
0: have seen one of it.
1: And Joe has seen none, none of, it. of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I am, uh, I am going to watch the rest of it. It's just I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, Plus but we got uh,
1: vacation coming soon. So. I was
0: very impressed with this show. I know you've seen all of it. Therefore, I ask you: do not reveal the who done it because no. the first episode shows that okay, this is going to be a mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody called it the Goth Mary Drew, and I'm kind of like, okay, Mary I, I, Drew, uh, Nancy Drew. Excuse okay. me. I was like, who's the, Mary Drew? The Goth Nancy Drew, and I'm yeah. like, all right, that's kind of cool. Jenna Ortega, uh, I think is fabulous in the first episode i'm like wow she does a great job with owning this character as what she wants it to be it's kind of fun seeing christina ricci in there who was of course uh wednesday in the, the raul julia movie mm-hmm.
1: and the thing is she i feel like she was born to play wednesday adams just i've seen a couple of interviews with her either talking about wednesday or in general i feel like she has like an uh aubrey audrey plaza vibe to her
0: yeah aubrey yeah that's yeah. what i was just thinking like what if aubrey plaza played wednesday
1: like, kind of yes. like it, I feel like she's her unofficial baby sister, just the the way she delivers her interviews and everything. Plus, if you guys have seen trailers or clips on Facebook of a dance routine, she did that all herself. Like she choreographed it herself and yeah. in the spirit of Wednesday Adams, if she was at a dance, How would she dance?
0: Yeah, that was really fun. I thought, whoa, she did that herself. They, you love when you hear actors do mm-hmm. stuff like that where they go, all right, I know the character enough. Let me see what to do. And, you know, when, you, you, when you're when you a writer or a director and you're like, we don't know what even mm-hmm. this is supposed to look like. And you've got the actor being so good going, oh, I got this.
1: And she even said, like, after the fact, like, I have mad respect for choreo- uh, choreographers now because that was difficult. But she had a good understanding of Wednesday. She absolutely, no pun intended, kills it. And yeah. if you guys haven't seen this show, definitely check it out.
2: Dumb question. Is it in black and white? Because that's the only Adams Family that I remember. No. Okay. This
1: isn't black and white. It has a really cool color scheme to it. You know how sometimes there's different tints for, you know, Tim Burton has a vibe to his movies and shows. And I, like, it has a Tim Burton vibe, but not as much as other stuff.
0: But it is funny that she wants things in black and white, mm-hmm. basically. Like, that. that's her color scheme for herself. You know, very light skin, very dark clothes, and in the first episode, that gets addressed as she's got given a roommate who is definitely not black and white.
1: And actually, this isn't a spoiler, but a character who's kind of dumb goes up to her. He's like, "Oh my gosh, she's like an Instagram filter, all black and white." Nice. <laughs> like he's he's kind of a dummy. But so this
2: is fully updated. And then, what does it take place? Is like, is it a is she in college? Is she at work? Well, class? You, you
1: find out at the first episode that she gets to go to Nevermore, which is a boarding school for special children. Oh, special meaning. With you know abilities and things like that, yeah, it's kind of
0: like a Harry Potterish kind of feel Harry to the kind of school she's at.
1: Potter mixed with X Men.
0: Yeah, I'll go for that. And it's a Who Done It.
1: Who Done It? Yep.
0: Oh, that sounds pretty fun, actually. Yeah, uh,
1: she's. It's just all the actors are phenomenal. Gwendolyn Christie also kills it.
0: Yeah, that's Brienne of Targ and, of course, uh, uh, Captain Phasma.
1: Oh, she was also Uh, uh, Lucifer Lucifer in uh, The Dreaming.
0: Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie is like, you know, you got to see her as the character she played. That's how we know her for the longest time on Game of Thrones. And you realize, okay, like a lot of British actors, she's got chops and she's shown it in all the other roles Mm -hmm. she's been in, which is so unlike the character she played in Game of Thrones.
1: And I love like because she's so tall and Jenna Ortega, funny enough, in one of the interviews I saw, we're the same height, five foot one. Uh, she lumbers over her. And so when she's bringing in her, you know, because she's the principal, she has to like lay down the law, just the way she's able to like be so much bigger than her and like kneel down to her. Oh, it's so well done. There's going to be a lot of actors who are like, I recognize you from this or that. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Tim Burton did a really good job. And uh, I say patooey to the naysayers.
2: And it's definitely family friendly, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I don't. uh, Yeah, there's not anything I would say that's Visually, like, horrible that's gonna scar anybody. There's some things that are implied, like, eh, I'd say PG 13.
2: Oh, cool. So, uh, perfect time for the Uh holiday break then, because it is bingeable. Do you know how many episodes it is?
1: I wanna say eight. Well, Let I me think check. you're
0: right. It is 8.
1: Uh and it is getting 71% on the tomato meter with an 87% average audience score. Well, that's not
0: bad. Any naysayers can whatever. That's that's well respected mm-hmm. by everybody.
1: I agree. So, please go watch it. I think Joe, you should definitely watch it. I'm curious to see what you'd say.
2: I you know my rule. I'll give it an episode. That's what I did with Sandman and Sandman didn't work, but I did it with Harley Quinn as well and Harley oh. Quinn I did enjoy. Yes. So, oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like yep. mm,
1: I, see, my rule is give it two episodes.
2: Okay. Oh, really?
1: Because I a lot of times they're just over-explained things in a lot of first episodes, and it turns you off. And then you actually watch the second one. The second one's the real one.
2: Yeah, I guess it also depends on length of the show. Yeah. You know, for instance, Sandman was, I did give Sandman two episodes, which I broke my rule, and I Damn. shouldn't have because, my God, I was
1: bored. I don't, <laughs> I don't really think, yeah, that is up your alley. I think you're going to find some fun in it. You're going to get some cool actors and... You're going to be intrigued if you like a little, a, a mystery.
2: I do love a good mystery.
1: You think, you know, they're, you're like, okay, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. And then, oh, wait, maybe I don't. Yeah, or maybe I, f- I did.
0: Sandman is, I forgot how weird Sandman is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love where it goes, but I forgot. Oh, yeah, the, the, you may not dig that. I
1: feel like this is going to sound very, uh, <laughs> very millennial of me. But Sandman is a show that you can't be on your phone with. Like Definitely if you really not. if you really want to like capture everything about it, luckily I was on a plane when I watched it, so I was like just oh,
2: focused,
0: zoned in. Uh, That's impressive when you get Vicky off her phone to wa- do anything true. else. That's impressive.
1: But even Wednesday, like I feel like you could get away with like, hey, I'm gonna eat a snack or do something. Like you don't you won't miss everything. Luckily, again, it's streaming, so you can I just like rewind it. Snacks. Uh, but I want to say, I'm curious, I don't remember how long the episodes are. Yeah, about an hour long, but they okay. don't feel like they are.
2: Hey, That's good. I mean, Who whodunits do a great job usually in that mm-hmm. when they're like, you, know, you don't really feel that hour because every twist and turn keeps you on your edge of your seat.
1: And then there's some characters in this you're like, I'm going to hate this character. They just seem so annoying or whatever. They're going to be this or that, and then you just end up adoring them by the end of it.
0: And Jenna Ortega, I never knew of. I know she's had an entire career, done stuff with Disney and stuff like that. Jenna Ortega is... I think, uh, just from this performance, I'm like, I think we're going to see a lot from her. I mean, it's such a great performance and she just, she just makes you go, okay, I'm going to watch whatever you're doing, you know, and for an actor to be able to do that, that's how you know they got star power.
1: Herself and the actress Mia Goth are both kind of like their current scream queens, if you will, because they both actually appeared in the movie called X as well as, well, she was also in the Scream, the newest Scream movie. Oh, okay. And, uh. Jenna was also in the Babysitter Killer Queen so she's kind of got a thing for the the spooky and I, I'm I'm here for some of those. <laughs>
2: awesome. Well, glad to hear that Wednesday is going well and that the season
0: 1 was a success.
1: We need a season 2 immediately.
2: And we need a season 2 and BJ's going to have to finish and tell us what he thought of season 1 as well. Yeah, did
0: you find out do we know if they renewed it? Mm-hmm. has it been said whether it's uh, still so early. I always well, I know, but I always I get every time my season's done, I go, "Well, let me go check and see." Not every show can have a billion dollar budget and get a mm-hmm. season 2 before they. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Can't then, wait for that. And should they? Oh, if you buy, and of course, uh, if you're, you're talking about Rings of Power, if you haven't seen the pitch meeting by Ryan George uh, about Rings of Power, oh, my God, is it hysterical. I haven't. I'll have to watch. I he, love those pitch meetings. He says everything we've all been saying. Yep, But much more funny.
1: And as of now, it doesn't look like they have, although they did post saying it was number one Netflix series in 83 countries worldwide. I'm guessing either the first week or the second week. Okay,
0: that unless for some reason the star of the show says, I don't want to do it no more. I got to be thinking Netflix is going to say yes.
1: I don't imagine her saying that.
0: Well,
2: uh, uh, moving on from Wednesday to a show that I hope gets a season two, and I believe is already film, maybe even be filming, is uh, Andor season one. BJ, we talked a little bit about it while you weren't here, but how uh, did you enjoy the season finale and season one in general? Uh,
0: I really, I, I, I remember at some point on the podcast I said I like the show, and I'm not a big fan of the character, never have been, yep. you know, and that hasn't really changed. I don't know what it is about Andor, uh, the character. I just Don't care about him, even though I know he's going through a lot of stuff. I don't know what it is, but I love the show and he doesn't ruin the show for me. So I'm like, okay, and I'm with you, Joe. Uh, I heard people say this, and I think this is the best way to put it. This is a Star Wars show that was actually made for adults when you think that most of them are not. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what written for kids
2: is these days, to be quite honest. Well, with you. Well, you take
0: a look at episodes one, two, and three. It is obvious that it was written for a child, because it, it the dialogue and the stuff that happens. and even four, five, and six. It's just children were a little bit more sophisticated in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's you. You go, Obi Wan, I can't go where you go, you know, and, or, or, and you know, you know, and Obi Wan is holding me back. You know, and, and those are like kid Those are kid lines.
1: So according to Game. Rant.com. They said that originally they had planned five spe- seasons that spanned the half a decade of uh, Andor's life prior to Rogue One. Whoa. However, they have trimmed it down in pre-production to be just two seasons.
0: That makes sense because of the way they ended it with the, the, the mm-hmm. post credit scene. I'd be thought, how are they going to put four years? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot.
1: So do you think uh, after seeing the first season, do you think two seasons will be enough?
0: I do. I would do? agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Five seasons would have been a lot to try to go from, okay, we know what happens. Uh, it's, it would just be more of him, uh, you know, basically come up for reasons why he hates the Empire. Uh, it is fun to see the politics and the ignorance and everything that went behind how the Empire could get where they got to the point where a, re- a rebellion could happen. Um, I like that part of it.
2: Yeah, you know, the thing that's weird to me about Star Wars shows is you always get good and bad writing and usually the bad writing my my always thing is well it's towards a younger audience but i don't think that's really the case i think what it is is there's just bad writing like it's they just get into a room and they just they can't flesh out who they want the movie to be for and they try to meet in the middle and it's just not for anyone and then it ends up being okay across the board this show clearly knows what it is it is a a very political show
0: yeah. you know
2: i mean it is showing you the the political backgrounds of all of the you know the good the bad the ugly the jedi the sith even, you know, uh Emperor Palpatine who will eventually come to power, you see him working in the labor camps, you know, and and you understand why it's all happening and it, it gives you a good background, a good flavor to the Star Wars oh, universe. Oh, did
0: I miss that? What was that? Palpatine was in the labor camps? No, 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 no. I would
2: say Andor's in the labor camps, but he's showing oh, right. you yes. those are Palpatine's labor camps that eventually lead them to war because that's that big rebellion and they're showing you that. Yes, yeah. And it's just great because I sit there and I think, well, this is really well written and it's clearly for an older audience. But I'm like, why can't we get that kind of writing even for a younger audience? Because there are good young arcs that we've gotten, say, in the Spider-Man you know, movies from Marvel where I'm like, Yes, this is written for a younger audience, but it's written and it flows and it works. But for whatever reason, when we go younger with Star Wars, it just feels like Jar Jar Binks or an Ewok. Where I'm like, I don't need a little teddy bear running around hm. fighting the bad guys. You know, you there, there are better ways to do this.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one, Joe, because uh, there are you know there are people who love the teddy bears, and of course your sister loved Jar Jar Binks, uh, so it's hard to say. when. And, and I also, as an adult, really didn't dig the fact that, okay, little you know, little Anakin can just learn to like, fly a ship and take out an entire star base that takes out all of the uh, droids. Okay, you know, that's a kid thing. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Kids don't have a problem with the fact that that makes no sense and should never have happened, whereas an adult goes, Okay, really, this is the lucky kid. The kid can do all this. I—that's the problem. Is like, how do you write that and write it well? Or it is a conundrum. How do you write a sophisticated show a kid can understand that an adult will appreciate? That is a lost art. Oh, a hundred percent is the first. Star Wars movie, number
2: one in Phantom Menace in The Order, right? I always thought it would have been a great qui gon Jin Jinnobi-Obi-Wan movie. Like, if that had just been their connection and Obi-Wan is this young Padawan who's trying to... You know, that's the kid story we're telling. Young teen, maybe early teen, you know, later teen, trying to figure out how to become a Jedi. Instead of, like you said, the eight or nine-year-old that... Clearly, can't do this, right? It's just, it's weird. It's a disconnect. I don't know. I don't blame them because obviously there's always George Lucas was trying to sell toys, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he was making a good movie in the process. But I can get being like, well, if we get the young kids to believe that they're, you know, piloting this fighter and fighting. And I'm like, I don't know.
0: But I will say this we don't get Andor, and this is going to blow a lot of people's minds. We don't get Andor if not for episodes one, two, and three, because even though he wrote it for children, he showed us the political backstabbing machinations that go into what led us to episode four. He showed us that. He showed us the no, no confidence in Council of Valoran. He showed Palpatine pulling the strings. He showed that the Jedi were a little clouded and could, didn't. they knew something was up, but they didn't know what was up. And that's all political intrigue. And we don't get Andor if not for 1, 2, and 3, because 4, 5, and 6 don't really give us a lot of that. 4, 5, and 6 give us the, we are trying to take over this place, and the empire is trying to say no, and really it's, well, I'm just trying to get basically Vader's kid to be my new uh, apprentice. And I so 1, 2, and 3 in a way, we don't get Andor, in my opinion, if not for 1, 2, and 3, so maybe a little less hate, maybe we can soften a little bit on 1, 2, and 3, because he did try to go political, try to teach little kids about some of the harsh things that happen politically that really F over the regular people.
2: Yeah, and that was that weird, like, mashing of both, you know, the young and the old, where I was like, it almost worked. Like, it worked for the young kids, obviously. I mean, those movies, 2001, early 2000s, beautiful. I mean, the CGI was great for the time. So that really captures the young audience. You got those, you know, a little bit of the political and the two and three, Maybe should have leaned a little less on the love story. Well, that yeah, part. that was
0: that was clunky.
2: But to your point, it leads us to Andor, which has great writing, and I know is getting put on more platforms. We talked with Gareth about that. Yeah, this could be where the movies go. You could have these writers, and it doesn't have to be you know necessarily aimed at the older audience or even the more mature audience. It could go younger again, go to that you know teens to early twenties. But with that writing, you know, that good writing that makes you sell the story where you believe it,
0: yeah. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Uh, th- th- because JJ tried it, JJ tried it, and and then Ryan Johnson tried it, and yeah, it was. I don't they like you said, and then, then they were they had problems with you know, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher passing and whatever they were trying to accomplish. They tried to do so much, and like you said, Joe, I don't think they could agree on what they wanted to do. I know. and it, With it, 7, su- 8, and 9. It sucks because we probably won't get a new
2: Star Wars movie for you know in terms of following in the sequence past 9 for maybe another decade. We'll see if they try to do it earlier. But I actually do believe that Harrison, or Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, I don't want to say got in the way because it wasn't their fault, but they were unfortunately took away from the movies because they kind of fell back into the same pattern they were already yeah. in. And we needed a new story. We, I mean, we did. We were past the whole... Emperor, Palpatine, you know, So does Star
0: Wars grow up, and I hate to say this, do we ignore the kids and just start making movies for adults, which is kind of what Star Trek does. Star Trek is, you know, that also, even though it was funny, it was supposed to be a kid's show, but it never was, and therefore they never were trapped by that. They, They were always able to make adult movies, even though they were all hoping in the 60s it was a kid's show. It's a tough one, because I will say this. Even though a lot of adults will go one, two, and three, and whatever, it's like who cares? Why? I will tell you, as a child, Lost in Space, the original, uh, had a big effect on me, and also, you know, and, and even Star Wars, there were like all the kids' shows they put in front of me when I was a kid. I did learn stuff. I like took it with me for the rest of my life. Even that Star Trek episode about racism with the half white, half black, you know, Frank Gorshin character, I remembered that when I watched that as six years old. So you keep. Teaching children about stuff in a really, you know, silly, you know, a, a, a basic way can have an impact. So, do you stop doing that? You know, I don't know. Uh, And that's what Star Wars was. Star Wars may have affected a lot of people. One, two, and three may have taught people how to be nicer politically as they grow up and they get in power, remembering, like, I don't want to have a Padme situation. I don't want to blockade, you know, (laughs) and stop people from eating. You know, who knows what that young kid is doing in his life because of what he learned there about the bad side of politics. I don't want to be a Palpatine. So adults might go, this was horrible, but there may be children at the time that grew up into folks— that really benefited from that. So do you take that style of movie away from the new generation of kids? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, no one's going to
2: sit here and tell you the writing's easy. I mean, that's obviously the hardest part of any show is, is you know, making Critiquing's it Critiquing's cool. very easy. Critiquing right? is easy. I can tell you bad when I see it,
0: but oh, I can't yeah. tell you how to write good. But, <laughs> yeah, but but Andor was, a tra- I, I really liked it a lot. It, it, it was well done.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely my favorite Star Wars production since probably Rogue One, honestly. So, I mean, I, good on them. Uh, again, I'm actually with you. I don't think uh, the main character is very interesting himself, but I think that's intentional because this is really more about the world you kind of just follow the character to learn about I that. I
0: like that. That's kind of like Neo. Because Neo himself isn't that, and to me, like, the character is not that interesting, but the world is amazing. Yeah. And you know what? He's like the Neo of this whole Star Wars universe. I like that. Yeah, so hopefully more uh, great stuff coming in Season 2. But until then, we'll have to wait and get
2: uh, the Geek Sheet with who? It's oh. Vicky. The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky! What do we got? What do we got for this movie Friday?
1: <laughs> all right, we do have a few movies. If you haven't uh, already watched all the other movies, like Violent Light, that, uh, Violent Night, that came out last week. One I do want to mention—it's not in our wheelhouse of nerddom—but he is a treasure, and I must bring him up whenever I can, and that is Brendan Fraser. His like very well liked, from what it seems like, movie The Whale is coming out this weekend.
0: Oh, all right. It got great awards, didn't it?
1: Oh yeah, it got a lot of awards, a lot of accolades. So. A lot I mean, of talk
0: about this movie. Oh, yeah. A lot of like discussion and about body yeah. shaming and everything. So this is. he I mean, did, he, he did get a
1: six-minute standing ovation. Good for him. So, and, like, he has a treasure, and in this house, we like adore him. So nobody say I got a no problem. Rubber, with that.
2: Yeah, I saw an interview with him. I think even just a clip from it, and I'm like, man, he, you know, because. He was beloved for a different role, essentially. I remember mm-hmm. him in The Mummy, a yeah. bunch of other stuff, oh, right. dazzled, some hilarious stuff, but he's gone through emotional trauma mm-hmm. and he bears it all in his interviews and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, wild. Definitely worth checking out but at the very least. He's
1: so sweet and appreciative of his audience. Like, I don't, there's been a couple interviews where people have asked, like, do you realize how much the internet loves you? And so a lot of people have showed him the memes and all the posts and everything and he has just cried Saying how grateful he is to all of this, his fans throughout all these years while he was going through this, and I'm getting chills. Oh my god! Oh. So yeah, if that is up your alley, it is a drama. It's supposed to be hard hitting, so definitely check it out and let us know what you thought. But going on more in the nerdy realm, this movie technically came out, I believe, last month, but it's officially on streaming this week. Oh, okay. Uh, which is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio.
0: Pinocchio.
1: So he is doing. It's very. It's, that wasn't. Uh, that's
0: not the Disney Plus no. one. Okay, good.
1: Uh, this one's going to be on <laughs> Netflix. The Disney Plus one, which is the live action one with Tom Hanks. I watched it in Spanish with my grandmother and it was fun. Uh, I don't she have a problem I, with it, but I mean, you and I were, share a
0: different opinion. Of
1: some people problem. hated on it. Like, I mean, I, oh, it, I don't know
0: who that would be. <laughs> who?
1: It was fine. Like, you, it was, uh, I you, think you, this one's going to be a little mother. bit more fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: your mother. Actually, she did. Your mother did not like it.
1: Yeah. <sighs> this one, I don't think she will like it. I don't know how she does. How she feel about stop motion.
0: Oh, I love stop motion animation myself. I don't think she goes either way. She's not an animator. Here's the, she's not an animation fan. But what does she do? She, she calls me. She says, "Hey, don't want to watch later on?" I go, "What Kung Fu Panda?" I'm like, <laughs> "You know okay. that's animation,
1: right?" Kung Fu Panda is yeah. adorable and amazing. Yeah, I know,
0: I know, but she won't watch anything because it's animation. And I'm like, mm. "But some of these are really great." And then, what years later, "Yeah, I want to watch." Okay, a
1: movie that's been out for a long time.
0: Yeah, which I wanted to watch with you all those years ago, and you said no.
1: This does have a an all star cast, voice cast. For example, we got Ewan McGregor. David Bradley, who oh. we know is playing Geppetto.
0: David Bradley uh, the, also From? played the first Doctor, and he was also in Harry Potter.
1: Harry Potter and well, Game the, of Thrones. The,
0: the, the reprise of the first Doctor, mm-hmm. I should say. I think, yeah, uh, he was yeah.
1: Game of Thrones. He was uh, that
0: uh, able. He was Pinocchio. Uh,
1: Who was he in Game of <laughs> Wasn't Thrones? Wasn't he uh, the one that did the whole Red Wedding?
0: Oh, you're right. That's exactly who he is. Yes, thank you. I was going
1: to say, he was the piece of cake. Yeah,
0: world. yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he was that guy. Oh, but he's David
1: he's, Bradley's going to be Geppetto. David weird? Bradley
0: is Geppetto. Well, oh, the voice of Geppetto. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so is this British?
1: I guess. The Britishy? Ewan McGregor is the cricket. We have Kate oh. Planchette as. Oh, there's a bunch of characters those, that I don't really recognize. Those
0: are all British uh, British actors.
1: John Turturro, Byrne Gorman, Ron Perlman, Finn oh. Wolfhart, right, Tilda a, Swinton.
0: Whoa. All right. Not all of them are British, actually. No.
1: Tim Blake Nelson, Christopher Waltz, Tom Kenny. Oh man, Finn
2: Wolfhard is a great name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. it is. So that's
1: you know from Stranger Things. Stranger Things, dude. So this is an all-star cast, and according to the Rotten Tomatoes. It is certified fresh at 97%
0: Whoa! with
1: an 84% audience score.
0: Yeah, the audience just is, they, they don't get it like the critics do.
1: Not quite, but it, it is on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, definitely check it out and let us uh, know. Okay. Especially I don't... if you saw the other Pinocchio and you weren't really feeling it. I might,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, mean, I was a just no. Thinking, I was just thinking, could I convince my wife to watch Probably this? not. No. Yeah.
1: Uh, does she like musicals?
0: Uh, well, it depends on how musical it is, because Spirited was a very, was too we, much. Did, we did not like that too many, well, I like musicals if the people in them can sing.
1: Fair. Uh, we do have a musical coming out, which is a remake of a classic children's movie that I was super fan of, Matilda. This is called Matilda. Oh,
0: I've heard good things about this.
1: Roll dolls Matilda the Musical. It's going to be streaming on Netflix, or is already on Netflix. Emma Thompson is Miss Trunchbull.
0: Well, Emma Thompson is a good actor.
1: Yeah, so it's 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 fun to kind of. I think she was also was she Nanny McPhee? Am, am I getting her confused? Oh, uh,
0: I know she played the. Uh, she was in Harry Potter as the. T- I think the Herbologist. Uh, I teacher? think so too. Or, or spells.
1: I can Yes, she was yeah. Nanny McPhee with all that prosthetic, and oh. so she kind of has the same thing going on. It looks like in this one. As Miss As Miss Tr- uh, Miss, because she's not married.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's uh, Emma Thompson's a great actor.
1: And playing the role of Miss Honey is Lashana Lynch, who we remember from Captain Marvel. She was uh, Rambo Maria Rambo, I believe.
0: Was she the little kid version?
1: No, she was the mom.
0: Oh, and, and she was well, the, and she was also in uh, the multiverse then. Because was yes. wasn't she like the like in the in the she was the oh, she was the yeah. Captain Marvel in that universe I
1: think oh yes 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 oh you, yeah, yeah the uh, the yeah. Doctor Strange movie yes 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 you're right you are correct so yes she will be playing Miss Honey who did you grow up watching Matilda or did you care Yeah, uh, I had a
2: younger sister, so uh, I did watch it a couple times. It was not a bad movie from what I remember. It, yeah, it, it's, it,
0: it was with uh, Raya Perlman and um, Danny, DeVito. Uh, Danny Devito. Yes. Oh, and the and the girl that played Matilda was awesome.
1: <sighs> Blinking on her name, but yeah, she I is, think it was Jimmy. She is Jermaine. a gem. Yeah. Uh, I will quickly go through some of the other ones that are coming out this weekend that I probably will not watch and don't really have any ratings. Oh, they must be scary. Oh, yeah. Christmas, Bloody Christmas, yeah. all, one coming out in theaters, as well as AMC subscription. So if you have that, or you can buy it on Apple TV, I guess.
0: Oh, AMC Plus, maybe? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. All right, I'm there.
1: Uh, I am DB Cro- Cooper, which is a drama, but they do a lot of reenactments, it looks like. I mean, not drama, excuse me, a documentary. What's it called? I am DB Cooper.
0: Oh, I was thinking of IMDb, the site, but I am DB Cooper. Uh, Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> who, if
1: you guys don't know, he's you know the famous, uh, famous uh, thief that got away here in the Pacific Northwest for yeah, the plane jumped, hijacking. Allegedly
0: yeah. jumped out of a plane with a bunch of money, and they didn't never found him or the money.
1: Yes, and so this is very much a documentary. You have people talking about it, all their experiences, whatever, but then they do reenactments. Oh, okay. So if that is your jam, definitely check that out. A lot of
0: people do love that D.B. Cooper story.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I I honestly, I prefer the Loki D.B. Cooper. (laughs) If you guys remember that in Loki.
0: Oh, I don't. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That little clip. That's right. I do remember that.
1: Uh, I think we talked about this briefly last week, Uh, The Mean One, which is the Grinch spoof horror movie. Oh, that's right. That one's also coming out this week. People are
0: not excited for that movie. I
1: very Uh, much am not. uh, No, no, no. Well,
0: so it must be what, a public domain?
1: I guess so. I
0: think that's what happened with Winnie the Pooh, is that eventually it it it, becomes public domain, the character. You can do whatever. And so, has the Grinch been around that long that they're like, we'll do what we want with this character?
1: I mean, it makes sense. All
0: right. I think this, I know at least in my childhood, the Grinch was around at least the original with boris Karloff doing the Uh, cartoon voice so
1: here's how they got away with it so the grinch is not public domain but the mean one writers and creators have managed to overcome this obstacle because there's the loophole on parodies so if it is heavily marketed as a parody you can get away with it so
0: they're gonna they're gonna basically say it's the guy but we're doing yeah well you know what good for them
1: but I mean, there's always a lot of stuff to watch on streaming. Yep, definitely check out uh, maybe Guardian's Little Galaxy. That's a holiday special maybe. That is a fun one. And until next time guys, stay nerdy.